All right, peeps, we're live. We're uh, going to go live today with Andy Frisella. You can check it out over at powerproject.live. Right now I'm live on Instagram, and uh, I'm just going to give this a little bit of uh, an intro before we before we dive into this. Um, Andy Frisella is somebody I've been communicating with over the last year or so. Um, I went out there to uh, Missouri. Thank you, Smokey. I went out there to Missouri to visit First Form and was uh, truly inspired by what they have going on. They have a very strong team. They have very uh, just awesome things going on. Uh, Andy's an entrepreneur. He's somebody that I look up to in a lot of different ways. Um, I admire him as a businessman, family man, entrepreneur man, uh, ass kicker, uh, worker, outer, lifter guy. Uh, you know, in every sense of the word, I admire a lot of the different things that he's got going on. And then also, I really enjoy the fact that it's him and his brother, Sal, that are running shit over there at First Form, and they're doing a great job of it. And they've, they've done uh, some very cool and innovative things. Um, it's not like they've necessarily invented new supplements. If they have invented new supplements, I'm not aware of it. But they have executed on a lot of... Uh, a lot of ideas and concepts and executed on them uh, with more modern day technology and more modern things, you know, more modern times. Uh, Andy has, uh, has built up uh, first form into the hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, which is everybody's goal is to, uh, you know, build up a brand the way that these guys have. These guys are real savages and real beasts. And we're going to talk to him today about like, what are things that hold him back? You know, what are some things that hold him back from his goals? What are some things that hold him back uh, from achieving some of the things, if there is anything? Because the guy's achieving a lot. He's moving fast. He's getting his name out there more and more. And his podcast is growing at a very, very rapid rate. And so we're going to uh, give him a call here in just a minute. Uh, before I do that, I'm going to pop off of here. I see you, uh, Jesse Burdick. Uh, you can check it out at powerproject.live if you want to watch that live. Myself and Andy Frisella, we're about to go live on the YouTube. It's www.powerproject.live. Later. Bam. Um, just going to record one more thing. Getting you guys uh, warmed up for this. Go to powerproject.live. Go to powerproject.live. Go to powerproject.live and watch and listen to myself and Andy Frisella. See you guys over there. Powerproject.live. Later. Go to powerproject.live. All right. That was loud. <laughs> okay. So, um, oh, I know. one more thing. Here we go. Uh, so Andy and I got in conversation today and, uh, I want to kind of lead into this and, and talk just a second about, I've been helping him with his weight loss and helping him with some things. Now he and I have gone back and forth on some things that he is trying to do with his weight loss. He lost a lot of weight first time. He got down to 238 pounds, 237 pounds. He wasn't happy with it. He was kind of, he felt he was looking flat. He was feeling that he got kind of skinny fat. Um, uh, for a brief period of time, I don't, he had some sort of lapse or something and, uh, went off the diet and just wanted to try something else. Um, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't that happy with, uh, he was happy the, with the fact that he was stuck losing weight and he lost weight. He wasn't happy with the way all of it came off. And I think towards the end, 
he was starting to feel uh, like a shriveled, shriveled up penis. And so uh, this time around, he's like, you know, I'm going to do A, B, C, and D. And I've given him some advice. And he was like, fuck that. I ain't doing that. I'm going to do it this way. And so we went back and forth on some different things. But uh, anyway, he's uh, back on the plan. He's back to being jacked and tan. And uh, we're getting ready to meet up at Summer Smash uh, out in St. Louis at his uh, facility, his first form facility. I will be there as a speaker. Uh, he will be there as an ass kicker, as always. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of, you know, cool, some really fun and cool time. So let's get him on the horn. I have a question to ask this guy. Calling Andy Frisello. How much you bench? All of it. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Doing fucking awesome, man. Um, I was just giving people a little history on, uh, you were stuck with your uh, body weight a while back and, uh, we got you down to about 238 pounds. You weren't really that pumped about the way that you looked and the way that you felt. Can you talk about a little bit of that and talk about, um, you know, you were, you were stuck for a little bit there, right? Uh, well, I've been, you mean when I was stuck, like when we first started hanging out? Yeah. Yeah. When we, when you and I, uh, started falling in love with each other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, dude, I was, I dieted down from 350 all the way down to two, about 268, 270. And that's kind of where, that's kind of where my body was. And then when you and I met, I had worked my way back up to like 285. Do you remember? I was like, I think it's the first day I weighed in when I started, um, like when I started back the day after you left, I was 287. Um, which dude, that sounds like a lot, but you and I both know that like <laughs> you and I could fucking like snap fingers and, and be that heavy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You gain so, weight fast. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, sorry. You know, you and I started working on the keto, uh, and this is, I did three cycles of like right around 30 days, like 28 days, I think two cycles of 28 days and then one cycle of 21 days. And I was down, um, in the, I was down to like two, I think I worked all the way down to, fuck, what did we do? Two. I want to say 235, 237, something like that. Yeah. I think I was 238 and, uh in three months and uh i was slow at first if you remember we were slow like i was you know and i was kind of still sticking around that 270 and then uh, around the, the beginning of november uh from november to december i went from like 265 to 240 literally in four weeks and uh and, and you know it, when i got down there that last month um I, I implemented intermittent fasting on top of the keto and I just went hard as fuck with that. And, you know, I think I just went too hard and I lost too much too fast. And when I got down, cause I've been leaner than that and heavier than that. Right. Um, so, so I got down and it felt good to know I could get down that light again. You know what I mean? Cause like, well, dude, when you're 350, 230 sounds like a, you know, 230 is infinity away. So, um, it was nice to see that on the scale, but, I just wasn't happy with how I looked. So the last, you know, three or four months, I've been slowly putting um, that weight back on, and I'm sitting right around 260 right now. I, and I look good. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not super lean, but I mean, I'm not fat either. Mm. Uh, and now I want to get 
you know, I'm fat for fucking bodybuilding, but I'm not fat. <laughs> what are some um, things that sometimes derail, like might derail your success when you're trying to diet? Cause you're a guy that travels all over the place and you have speaking engagements. Uh, you run a uh, multi-million dollar business. That's probably at some point going to be on its way to a multi-billion dollar business. You're doing a lot of awesome things and you do your, your life is, uh, you know, your life's very busy. Your life's very hectic. What are some things that might sidetrack uh, your nutrition? Well, I actually, uh, for me personally, that, that's why I like keto. And I've always been a keto guy. Like, you know that, like for the last 20 years, I've done cyclical keto or different kinds of keto. Um, I, I prefer keto because I feel like it's flexible uh, around traveling. Um, for me, like I have trigger foods. Like I, I have a legit food addiction. Like if I eat French fries or if I eat pizza or if I drink beer, it's fucking over, dude. Like I go crazy. And, uh, so, so for me, you know, just, um, just, I just need to have some really strict guidelines that I know I can't violate. You know what I mean? Um, but for derailing, I think, you know, for me having a couple drinks, it starts to get me off track, you know? Um, you know, when you travel a lot, people want to go to dinner and they want to have drinks and they want to hang out. Uh, that's something, that's something personally for me that is, that is, uh, that will help will get me off track real fast. Like, it um, sounds like you're a little bit like me. Like I, I grew up with, uh, access to junk food. And, uh, so therefore, yeah. you know, I, I've kind of always had a taste for it. Yeah, dude. Like, like, like <laughs> so when I go to Hollywood, we have an office in Hollywood. So, in, and when I go to Hollywood, um, I stay at the W in Hollywood and in the W in Hollywood, they have, they have, uh, these little like snack. Oh trays. shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. And every fucking time I go there, I end up going crazy on the fucking snack tray and it starts with, it starts with the, those pop chips, you know, and then it ends with like everything on the whole tray. So, um, so now when I go there, I actually have them come up and take it out of the room. So yeah, that's the only, that. that's, that's the only way to do it. And do you just like yeah. having a beer here and there? Like you like to just kind of kick back and have a beer and then that, you know, leads to other things yeah, maybe dude. too? Yeah, for sure. For sure it does. Because, uh, like I, I, you know, grew up in a, a Italian family, dude, you know, eating <laughs> and drinking is like normal shit and that's how we like socialize. So the minute I get a couple beers, you know, then, then habitually, you know, I want to eat and, um, you know, it's something that, I've just, I, I'm just better off not drinking is really what it comes down to at all. You know what I mean? Because it triggers me into eating, you know, um, on keto, you know, you can get away with some drinking as you know, and right. it actually help push you into keto further. But for me, um, even though it does that, it triggers me to go off the plan. So I try to stay away from it. I noticed for myself that even foods that are like within a ketogenic diet, Sometimes those foods will trigger me and even overeating will trigger me off the plan. So like if I make like a fathead pizza or something, then it's on. Like I, I want to have, you know, a Snickers bar and shit like that. Yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's for sure. A hundred percent. I relate to that. I I think, I think that a lot of the food with anything, man, I feel like people try to push the limits of slackness, right? They try to cut as much corner, corner off as they can. And it's no different with keto. You know, you see all these keto recipes and all this crazy stuff that people are doing with the recipes. And that's fine and good, right? It's good to work in some variety. But the truth of it is, is this is how I feel about it. And we, you and I have talked about this before. 
um, I feel like that's not a good thing to do because I feel like it hurts you from a mental discipline wise. You know what I mean? Part of a diet, it's deeper than just the physical results. It's, it's, it's psychological too. And you're training yourself to have discipline. At least that's how I look at it. And, um, and I think that when you start adding in all these other foods that are similar to foods that you ate when you were off your diet, you're kind of defeating the purpose of learning some more discipline and strengthening that discipline muscle. And so, um, you know, I did that for a little bit, dude. Like I was eating those, those pizza, like uh meat pizzas and, and shit like that. <laughs> right. The truth is, yeah, dude, I get better results when I don't eat that stuff. I get better results when I, when I stick to the basics, you know, the steaks, uh, hamburger, bacon, uh, eggs, and just the staple foods, man. And, and, uh, cheese, you know, I'll do that. Um, I do vegetables. I do Brussels sprouts, you know, just, just the basic shit. And, uh, you kind of mentioned. I was gonna say you kind of mentioned strengthening your your willpower, um, with uh, the way that you built up your business over the years, um, having a uh, as you put it, a little little nutrition store. I like that you say that all the time because I know yeah. I know how that goes. Oh yeah, you still got that little business over there. Oh, how's that little invention going yeah. that you have? You know, and it makes yeah. you just want to like yeah, light I mean, the guy's face on fire. Yeah. How yeah, how I mean, has hey, uh, how has it been, you know, building up your willpower over the years to try to convince yourself that you are strong enough, that you are powerful enough to lead the ship and, and to run a business like this? Well, it's funny, dude, because my, my issue, like, I feel like we all have skills in different areas of life. And you see this a lot in fitness, right? You see these bodybuilders who are so disciplined about their training and their workouts and they do all these things that are good for that aspect of their life, but their finances are in fucking shambles, right? Yeah. Like they can't even barely pay their rent. And if they can, you know, and so for me, I'm kind of the opposite. Like in, in business, dude, I have unlimited discipline. Like I have, it's not even hard for me. It's like, it's just, it's, I've just been able, I guess because I've been doing it so long, maybe it used to be hard. I just don't remember it ever being that hard. Um, <laughs> But when it comes to fitness and diet, you know, and maybe it's because we only have so much of that energy stored up inside of us. Like we only have so much discipline energy inside of us. And if we use it all on business, then maybe you don't have as much for fitness and vice versa. You know, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but it seems like most people can, can apply it in certain areas and then, and, and not in others. And the trick is be able to recognize that you have that power. You're just not applying it to the area that you want, you know? Yeah. Look at Elon Musk. He's been married four times, right? He can figure out all right. kinds of exactly. stuff, but he can't figure out how to stay married. <laughs> right. And, 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 and the truth is he's probably spending all his energy on his companies and his business and none on his relationships. So, you know, and, and that's, that's what kind of what I'm talking about. It's the exact same thing. It's just a different, uh, different skill. You know, you hear people talk so, about balance all the time. Do you think balance even exists or do you think that you, uh, have to be a little cockeyed to get ahead. I, I look at balance a little bit different than what most people do. Um, balance for most people, they look at it on a, um, a daily or a weekly scale. So they look at balance like, all right, I work from nine, nine o'clock to five o'clock, five o'clock on is my time and it's my family time. And that's how they look at it. And, uh, or they might look at it like Monday through Friday, I work hard 
And then Saturday and Sunday is my family time or whatever my time. They don't have a family, whatever time they want. Right. That's not how, I, that's not how I've ever looked at it. Um, I've always looked at it like, like I'm going to spend my first 20 years of adulthood just busting my ass so that I can have the rest of my life to do whatever the fuck I want. Mm. And um, so I tend to look at balance on a lifetime scale. Now, with that being said, <laughs> there's absolutely no guarantee that you're going to live that whole life. So it's <laughs> yeah. kind of risky to think like that. So, you know, it's not, everybody has their own way they view balance. And I don't think my way is better than anybody else's way. I just, I just, that's how I look at it. And, um, I, you know, I think it's very hard. You have to be very disciplined and very, very good, um, uh, and self-aware to be able to balance on a traditional scale, in my opinion. And, uh, and, and to be honest, you know, that's not me. So. Yeah, I and earlier earlier you pointed out like you know people are going to kind of take slack wherever they can you know people are going to kind of uh, cut corners wherever they can. Yeah. From a company standpoint, um, what does that look like for you? Like how do you how do you uh, how do you deal with things of that nature? And I know the company is has grown by leaps and bounds over the years. Um, do you end up hiring everybody and and letting everybody go and all those different things? No, um, and that's a, that's a pretty involved question. Uh, so like when you first start and you're trying to bring on employees, you're going to go, you're going to go through a lot of people. Okay. Because a, a lot of these people aren't going to represent the core values that you stand for. And mo most companies don't even understand what core values are. They don't, they don't identify them. They don't live by them. They don't communicate by them. And you know, setting up a culture is very hard when you're a two man or a three man shop and you're trying to expand. So would you, you know, say um, maybe in a, maybe in a sense, you think, uh, a lot of companies are also at fault. It's not just, you know, cause you keep hearing people talk about yeah. millennials being lazy. Maybe it's the companies oh. don't have a fucking identity yet. It's, it, it's, dude, with millennials being lazy, that's bullshit. That's not what it is. Millennials, millennials aren't lazy. They're impatient. So they lose, they lose their attention span quickly. And you can't blame millennials for being impatient when every single thing in their entire life is now automated or instant. Yeah. Okay. They can, they can push a button and talk to every single friend that they know their whole entire lives in one second. They can text <laughs> people. They can email people. Dude, when we were growing up, you know, you went outside and you came home when the fucking, when the lights went on, you know, and, right. um, it was just a different thing. And you had to, there was more patience. You had to wait for things. And we created a society that just um, cultivates lack of patience. And then we blame them for not having patience. So my opinion on millennials, and dude, my entire company is millennials. I've got 200-something millennials that directly work in St. Louis for me. Um, and we kick ass. And the reason we kick ass is because I've learned how to manage them properly. Um, and the other thing about millennials, too, is that they're purpose-driven. Most of them are not money-driven, okay? And that's a good thing because your company should be purpose-driven. If your company exists solely to make money, then you're you're not really morally or ethically doing anything that I that I personally believe is okay. Your, your companies exist to solve a problem. They exist to, exist to provide a solution. They exist, exist to help people with whatever it is they're looking to do. And in our case, we're looking to help people change their bodies, change their lives, change uh, their physical appearance. And 
you know, that's the higher purpose of why we exist. And so getting people behind that cause is not that difficult. And I, I actually really think it suit, the millennials suit our business model really well. Um, but I think the thing, the reason millennials get such a bad rap, dude, is because you have all these old men who've been in business for a long time trying to manage them. And they're saying they're trying to push money in their face as, as the way to motivate them. And those people just aren't motivated by money, you know, the same way yeah. that, that, that maybe their generation was. Yeah. They're there for a higher purpose. So, they want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Yes, exactly. And dude, if you want to succeed in business right now, you have to, you have to be somebody who is of higher purpose, because if you're not, your customers are going to screw it. So it, it, millennials are actually like a super awesome gift, the way that our situation is set up right now in our economy, you know, uh, with social media marketing and influencer marketing and the way that we communicate so quickly, if you're not purpose driven and you're going to screw customers over and you're going to sell them shit that doesn't work or sell them things that don't provide a real solution for them, everybody's going to know instantly. So you know, you, sh you should be purpose driven, you know? I mean, I think it's, a, it's the right thing to do. You know, there's some people so, that just, that just walk around life with, uh, kind of their hair on fire. They kind of have a chip on their shoulder. They're just, they, they want to get ahead. They just have this thing inside of them. Who the hell knows what it is. They just got this fire, this passion. Uh, they want to get ahead. They want to be ahead. And in your situation, you know, I've, I've heard you say that you're playing for blood. I've heard you say, uh, we no longer drink from the skulls of our enemies and, and all these things yeah. that most people would view crazy. I'm sitting there just clapping. I'm like, this is fucking great because this is the way I feel oftentimes. Where did this come from? This come from your dad or your parents or like grandpa or like, where did this come from? I mean, yeah, dude, my dad, like my dad kind of bred that into us a little bit, I guess. I mean, our first, my very first christmas present ever uh my brother and i when we when he was two and i was three or three or four was boxing gloves and he got made <laughs> a fight so like um and that never stopped i mean you had brothers dude we like yeah. we fucking i don't know if you guys fought but we literally fought every single day for 20 years and yeah. still still to this day like once a year we'll get in a fight at, at work too as soon as I get on, as soon as I talk to your brother, Sal, I'm always, every time I talk to you and every time I talk to him, I talk shit about each other back and forth to try to get you guys to fight more. <laughs> yeah. But dude, he knows, he knows who he knows. <laughs> he knows on the couple of me, man. Like he might talk some shit, but he's only one, he's only ever won one fight from us. Yeah. Knocked you off the tractor. You told me the cheap shot. That's right. He knocked me off the tractor when I wasn't looking, but, but yeah, dude, um, you know, those are really like those sayings that I use, you know, honestly, bro, like I've always been competitive, but I've gotten more competitive as the years go because I, I'm like an elephant, man. I never forget anything, you know? And the more shit people say to me, the more, more negativity that I get, the more people don't think, um, Dude, really just the more they talk shit is the more fuel I get from it. And I've always been that way. I, I, I operate from the dark side. And uh, <laughs> the worst thing, you know, the worst thing someone can do to me is provide me with that kind of energy because I, I'm, I'm very good at taking negativity and turning it into positive action. Like, I don't sit there and stew and stay mad. I actually, when, when I get that fuel, I go do things that propel, propel us forward. And, um, and I found that to be my... Uh, a very good motivator for me. And a lot of people will say, 
you know, oh, that's not okay, and blah, 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 you're doing it for the wrong fuck. What difference does it fucking make if you're purpose-driven and you're providing solutions and you're helping people get results and all this other good stuff? So, um, I, I don't, I don't know where it came from, dude. It had to have come from my dad, I guess. But the truth of it is, is that, uh, it's, it's growing. You know what, what did, I mean? what did your dad uh, do for a living? He was an entrepreneur. He, uh, he was, a uh, he started before the company. internet. No way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was, uh, he purchased a, uh, a, uh, garage full of electrical supplies and then when he was 18 and then worked that into over the next 30 years he worked it into a, a full-blown electrical distributorship so like electric contractors would come by their 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 wire their breakers the conduit from him um so you know i got to grow up around entrepreneurship as well which i i know like that was a huge deal for me um because i was all my dad's always the kind of guy that's going to have something to teach you you know he's going to have a story he's going to have a lesson he's going to have something that um, uh, you know, just to teach all the time. And that, that's been that way forever. So I was very, like, I don't use the word luck very often, but being, having my dad as my dad was, uh, very lucky. Yeah. He never helped us financially or he never gave us any money or helped us or anything like that. But dude, having him as a mentor was worth a million times more than anything he could have ever gave me. Well, and him not helping you was him helping you, you know, figure it out yourself yeah, kind of deal. He, he's that. He, that's, that's how smart he is. You know what I mean? Like he's, and he didn't feel bad about it either. I used to get pissed at him about it. I'd be like, fuck dude, I'm down here making like for the first three years in business, I made $0. The next seven years, I made $695 a month, you know, and I'm fucking like starving dude and working my ass off. He didn't even care. He was like, yeah, that's what you got to do. And he wants he to show you that you have to earn it. Point. Yeah. He did the same thing, you know? So so, but now I'm glad he never did because now I feel a really strong sense of pride about what we've done. You know what I mean? When you were saying earlier that you, uh, kind of play from the dark side, there's dangers to the dark side. I've seen star Wars many times over. Oh, yeah. Uh, is it ever, uh, ever dangerous for you to, uh, to kind of use that negativity? Does it ever pile up on you and turn into anything negative for you? Um, it can, man, it could eat you up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I I have had uh, diagnosed depression for 20 years. So um, one could make the argument that, you know, that contributes to that. But I don't believe that it does. It's, it's, it's not related to that because I've become so good at taking in the negativity and turning it into good shit. Um, I actually like it. Uh, so while you could easily say that from the outside, yeah, that contributes to this. Right. I don't think that it does for me. Um, but really what contributes to my depression more than anything is staying in the same place for too long, getting in the same routine for too long, um, and not taking time to, uh, really focus on making some, some changes. It's and, almost uh, like a, once a year, almost like an anxiety, right? Like, fuck, I want things yeah, to be different or better. Right. Yes. And it burns me out. And that's what, and then every year for one or, you know, from, I don't know, probably two or three days, like I get it real bad where I don't get out of bed. Um, and then the next two or three days after that, I have to go like away from work for, and do something. And, uh, then I'm fine. So, and that's something that people don't really understand about depression either that I try to use my platform to communicate is that it always passes, man. You know, um, even if it lasts for weeks, it'll, it eventually it eventually improves. And, um, 
you know, I the biggest thing I ever did, man, is I, I didn't know I had it. Like, I <clears> I knew, you know, I used to see those commercials. You just see those d- depression commercials where they're like, if you have fucking suicide, call this number. And yeah. I would, and I would like laugh and I'd be like, dude, I fucking have that every day. These fucking pussies are calling, taking <laughs> pills for that shit. Like, I thought, that, so, because I didn't have the perspective to understand. I've had it for so long that I didn't, I thought it was normal. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm like, everybody thinks that. And, uh, they don't. And the best thing that happened to me, dude, is like 2012, I ended up having like a nervous breakdown and, um, and I ended up having to go to the doctor and, uh, they, they, they got me on some medication and got me some help. And dude, it fucking, it made a world of difference for me. And if I hadn't done that, dude, I wouldn't even be here because it was getting that bad. Um, so like, so like I try to like really stress to people that, if they're having those thoughts, if you're, if, and I'm not talking about having a bad fucking day, you know, everybody has bad days. I'm not talking about being stressed, but if you're thinking like, if you're having visualization, like thoughts of like shooting yourself in the fucking head or hanging yourself, that's not normal. You know what I mean? And, uh, and people don't re- like people with depression. A lot of them don't realize that because they've always had it, you know? And, uh, and that was, that was me. So, uh, now it's, it's, it's something that I've learned to, um, I've learned to work through, you know what I mean? It's just a process. And a lot, I think a lot of people when they end up uh, committing suicide or, and, and uh, hurting themselves and things like that, it's like their first really bad episode with it. So they don't know it's going to get better. You know what I mean? Right. So um, it's, it, it, I don't know. It's a, it's a really complicated subject, man, but it's something that people need to hear because a lot of these guys out there that are building these massive businesses and building these, you know, they're successful and blah, blah, blah you know, they act like they're superheroes, you know what I mean? And they're, they've got all these skills and they're not human and, mm-hmm. and, and to appease their own ego, you know? And the truth is, is like, I'm a normal motherfucker, just like everybody else. Uh, you uh, give, give a lot of yourself, you know, you give a lot of yourself through your podcast. And, uh, I can't imagine also too just the work, the workload on top of that, you know, you communicating in different meetings and, um, obviously you have other goals that, that aren't just about, uh, first form. So, um, that can really tug at you quite a bit. Do you ever just feel like just not talking, like just not like, I don't feel like fucking doing a yeah. podcast. Yeah, for sure. And, and I've, and I've gotten, um, I have to do that, dude. Like if I'm not feeling it, I can't put out content because the content that I put out would be stupid. Like it's bad. Yeah. So, uh, I have to feel it. Otherwise I just won't do it. And you could give so a lot a of energy. Of, yeah. Right. A couple Weeks out of the year, I just won't do a podcast for the week, you know, or I, I won't do it for two weeks because I'm not feeling it, or I won't do, po- I won't post online for you know three or four days or a week, um, because like I I feel like if you don't have something to say, don't fucking say anything. Um, but but yeah, that usually comes from having to expend a lot of energy uh, in my business and then not having any left over for the podcast, or vice versa. Sometimes I put so much into the personal brand that uh, you know I don't really have anything good to say to my company. You know what I mean? Um, energy balance is a huge thing. I think, I think we all have a certain amount. And just like we said, with like the discipline thing, I think we all have a certain amount that we could put into certain things, uh, in a lot of different skills. And when you use them all up for that day, they're, they're gone, you know, Um, there's some people that are high up the food chain, like, uh, like Dr. Dre. And like, there's some of these people that just wear the same, shit every day they wear the same shirt and the same shoes so they don't yeah. have to think about it yeah i do that 
I definitely do that. Yeah, they like, get, I, just I just get rid of some of the choices, right? One less thing you got to yeah. think about. Yeah, I wear the same exact shit every day. Like, I literally, I, I, in fact, I could text you a picture of what my drawer. I have like 30 black V-necks. That's it. <laughs> so I wear a black V-neck, or I wear a first form shirt, or I wear one of your shirts. Yeah, you're it. always rocking the power shirts, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, those, dude, those shirts fit good. They're, they fit good. It's a good fit shirt. They make you know? they make you look jacked. They make you look handsome. That's right. It, dude, it makes you look at least like twenty pounds more muscle and ten pounds less fat. <laughs> a lot of I'm people don't know this about you, but but uh, you're pretty fucking strong. And uh, I think years ago you were you were benching over five hundred pounds, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually have. I'm actually want to get back to that uh but yeah i was i i've uh i tore my pack um when i was benching i benched 550 uh for almost a triple um and that was that was when i tore my pack i tore my pack coming back down that day at mm. 405 um and hey so never yeah, use I, less weight just goes to show you <laughs> huh i said never use less weight just goes to show you right oh yeah yeah Dude, you know, I was just lifting like an animal at that time. And, uh, and yeah, I, 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 at one point in my life, I was actually fairly strong, but, uh, but these days I'm trying to really just, I, I'm in a good spot injury wise. So I'm, I'm not training as heavy. I'm training, um, more like a bodybuilder. I would, you know, are you doing a lot of machines and stuff? Or are you still hitting some free weights here and there? Are you doing some squats no, and still, deads and stuff or just mainly, uh, um, machines? I'm, I'm doing a lot more machines than I was. Um, I'll do, I'll still do, I'll still do, uh, like I'll still do flat bench a little bit. Um, but, um, I do belt squats as opposed to squats. Right. You know, people can make fun of me and all they want, but <laughs> the truth is my legs are fucking gigantic without having to train them. I don't have to do shit. So, right. uh, I'm lucky in that aspect. Uh, so, you know, I'm just training like an older dude, I guess. Um, like, but <laughs> yeah, you said uh, deadlift-wise, too, that you just haven't had a lot of coaching on it, so you don't want to fuck with it. You don't want to jack yourself up. Yeah, yeah. I want to learn to deadlift, honestly, dude. Like, I can, I, I could pull a lot of weight, but I've never had any coaching. And I feel like if I had some coaching, I could pull a lot more weight. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I want to come out and actually learn from you guys. Yeah, you got to come out to super training, man. We're, we're waiting for you over yeah. here. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, dude, I look at, I try to always learn, man. I'm trying to, you know, I've been lifting my whole life. So, uh, but I, you know, still, I learn something new every time I train with like you or Michael Hearn or one of, one of the guys who are, are just really in it. I like that because I like to feel like I don't know shit. Right. Yeah. You know, you, uh, have also, uh, built up your podcast, you know, your podcast is, is, uh, something that, um is on fire right now. You're doing a great job with it. I love listening to it. Um, I love the diversity of it. I love that sometimes the show is a little longer, sometimes the show is a little shorter. And uh, for me, sometimes I can just clip, you know, I can just put it on and just uh, listen to it while I'm on a plane or, or wherever it might be. What are you more proud of? You're more proud, <laughs> this is a tough question for you. You're more proud of the podcast or you're more proud of your business? Oh, the business. It's easy. The business. Um, the reason I'm proud of the business is it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with our guys. Uh, like I'm, I'm surrounded by good people who work hard, who care about the customers who put their heart and soul behind everything that we do. And, uh, they work in, in, as a unit. Um, 
you know, they treat people right. They do the right thing. Uh, it, it, and, and dude, that inspires me, you know? So like, I'm way more proud of that than literally anything I could ever do on my own. Uh, I mean, is it cool? It's, is it cool to do the podcast? Yes. Um, we've done a lot of cool things. Like, dude, I've been a top 50 podcast in iTunes for almost three years, which is a huge deal. Cause there's like over a million podcasts. Yeah. Uh, you know, we get 2.5 million downloads a month. That's, that's a lot. Um, I've been top 10 in business for, for the last at least year and a half. Uh, I got ranked number one entrepreneur podcast by entrepreneur magazine, Inc Forbes, uh, and Yahoo. So, I mean, like, dude, that's just cool. Right. Like, that, like I, you think I'd be oh fuck. Yeah. That's awesome. But the truth is, is, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I honestly don't know why the fuck people even listen to you, to be completely honest. Um, <laughs> well, I'll, but, I'll tell you why they listen to your podcast, because your podcast is, is, is fairly focused. Um, sometimes you just go off on a tangent or rant or whatever, but uh, those are cool because they get you hyped up. They get you motivated. But you're, yeah. you know, I really think that people can, by listening to your podcast, I really think that people can improve their income. I think they can improve their own oh, personal dude. development. You know, a lot There's of times... No a lot of times, like on this podcast and many other podcasts, um, you know, I'm trying to get information out about fitness or about nutrition. It depends on who the guest is. Uh, but your your uh, podcast in particular has the same common theme. Now, you might go outside a little bit and you might mention something about your diet that you're on or you might mention some things, but it's really honed in um, on business. But what I love about it is it's not honed in on the specifics of business only because that gets to be dry as fuck and that gets to be right. really boring. It's more the general right. stuff, how to treat people, how to build relationships, well, all that kind of stuff. I mean, dude, just like in fitness, and this is why fitness is so cool because it literally parallels business. Like exactly. Right. And if you don't have, if you don't have your mind, right. Uh, if you, if, in business, a lot of people think it's X's and O's, right? It's like, Oh, I'm going to create this this logo and then I'm going to create a website. Then I'm going to run Facebook ads. Then I'm going to create a funnel. Yeah, dude, you can find that information anywhere. But the real important shit is like the shit that you've got to figure out that goes on between your ears. And that's where we, I think we hit that no one else really hits the right way. Um, you know, it, it's about training the whole machine, dude. It's not just about training, you know, uh, the X's and O's of business. I mean, do we hit the X's and O's of business? Yes. We'll tell you how to do all that stuff, but you know, being able to cultivate the grit, the discipline, the, the, uh, the mentality, uh, and dealing with the stress and the anxiety and the hardship and how to, you know, do all the things that it's going to take to be successful. I think that's where we differentiate ourselves. You know, it's a, it's a complete product. It's not, it's not like we say it's not dry. And do we even talk about stuff like relationships and friendships and how to deal with that? you know, the growth and the editing of those things. And I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's cool because, uh, the co-host of the podcast, you know, he, he's a, he's an ex pastor. You're right. So we have a really, we have a really cool dynamic where like, I'm like the CEO and he's a pastor and it all kind of, you know, just goes together. It's funny. Um, we didn't even intend to have a podcast. That wasn't how it started. Uh, he was interviewing me to help me write a book. And we were videotaping it and we were recording the audio so that he could listen to it. And I would take the clips because some of them were kind of cool and I would put them on Instagram. Mm. This is back in like 2014. And every time I put one up there, people would be like, what podcast is this? And I'm like, at every time somebody mm. would write this shit. 
I write back. It's not a podcast. It's an interview for a book. Because I thought like doing a book was really cool. And I thought podcasts were stupid. <laughs> and, and so after like literally a thousand times of me writing this, I, it finally clicked in my dumb brain. Hey, you know, why don't we do a podcast? And that's how it started. Like it didn't even start from, uh, it, it didn't even start from like, Hey, let's start a podcast. It started because people were harassing me to start one. Uh, and I was too stupid to understand what they were saying. What do you so, think the, uh, the biggest hurdle, uh, facing people is today, um, with coming up with a business, with starting a business, you know, I, I hear you I oftentimes, know, I, you know, giving advice to people that are, uh, kind of just get, getting going. So what, what do you see the biggest hurdle? Dude, the, the, the biggest hurdle is within their own ears and within their own household. Um, I get, it's funny because dude, I get paid a lot of money these days to go speak at events. And, uh, you know, I, I run many different companies. They're all successful. I'm, and I do Q and A's. And when I do these Q and A's, I don't hold anything back. I mean, these people paid for my information. So if they ask me like, what I get, what I can do to do this or that and make money, I will tell them the real answer. I'm not holding it back. So they have access to all this information. And you know what I get asked more than anything? How do you deal with people that don't believe in me? Mm. How do you deal with people that say I'm not going to be able to do it? And, these, and this comes from people who are earning six figures, who are running a business and already making money, and they're still struggling with it. And uh, that I, it's the mental ob- obstacle of needing approval from people that they've cared about their whole lives. And they're afraid to go out and do things because they're afraid of what these people might say. It's not that the people have said it. It's what they might say. Yeah. So you understand what I'm saying? So like people imagine the situation in their head and they say, all right, well, I want to start this business. I want to go out and do this and I'm going to, become a millionaire and I'm going to do this and, and make this impact and this, this, this. But if I post on the internet, my aunt Connie, she might say that I'm a dumbass or they might make fun of me at Easter or they might say something to me at Christmas. And dude, that's what stops people. It's what might happen is what stops people. And for that reason, I have a saying that I always say is that you are your own worst hater because it's not that other people are hating. You're imagining that people are hating on you and that's <laughs> keeping you from action. Yeah, they say like that perception is reality. And I think you somehow talk yourself into. uh, Exactly. And it's not even like, it's not what other people think of you. You are what you think other people think you are. (laughs) You know, that's what you end up being the byproduct of, which sounds like crazy talk because it sounds like you're just having conversations with yourself all day long. (laughs) But dude, that's what, that's what, that's exactly what's happening. People are having conversations on the inside that are not, reflective of what's truly going on in the outside and they're deciding whether they should or shouldn't do something based on those conversations that don't really exist in real life. That's exactly what's happening. Like exactly. And and you ask what holds people back. That's what holds people back. Their fear, their fear of what might happen. You know, my man, I can talk to you all day long, but I don't want to take up, I don't want to take up your whole entire day. So, uh, appreciate having you on here today. And, uh, I, you know what, I can't wait to get out to summer smash. I'm so excited to, uh, to do that. So excited to, uh, collaborate with you on some, uh, stuff that we have going on. I'm, I'm really pumped about just everything that's going on, man. Dude, I am too, man. I can't wait to have you out for summer smash too. Everybody's going to, everybody's going to, uh, really love to hear you speak, man. I love to just, you know, try not telling jokes. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna yeah that I'm gonna work on my comedy routine up there. Um, yeah, you better I, work really fucking hard on that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think I might work on some of my dance moves and stuff too, because I I got a pretty hey. nice uh, first form red, white, and blue thong that I'm gonna be wearing on the uh, stage. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> sexy. Just make sure you wear it after when we hang out. <laughs> that'll that'll have to be what we're doing. We're gonna have to uh, get some training in uh, again too, because yeah. that was fun last time. Yeah, for sure, dude. I'll try not to bitch out this time. You did great, man. Yeah. You made it through, man. That's all that matters. You know? I, I, yeah, I made it through, but I've been, see, I've been working now, though. Like, ever since, that was a wake-up call to me. Like, because I did want to quit. Like, I legitimately wanted to quit. And I would have quit if you not pulled me up off the ground and yeah. said, hey, dude, no. I yeah. would have quit. Like, I was quitting. And you know, you knew I was quitting. Now, I still feel fucking embarrassed about that. I was so, like, I've been working on... I was, I was yelling at you. Yeah, bro. But you know how competitive I am. So like, like that, like that was in August of last year. I'm still fucking thinking about it every day. You know (laughs) what I mean? So so like, I've been work, I've been working on, uh, all different kinds of mental things. So hopefully, uh, (laughs) hopefully when it comes time to to do some shit, I won't fucking be a punk this time. You got a, uh, a mental coach, uh, getting you ready for the Mark Smelly Bell workout, huh? That's right. That's right. Yeah, when uh when we were doing that, I remember you know kind of seeing you falling off a little bit. We were pushing the tank, and we were doing just some hideous stuff, flipping the uh, yeah, flipping the tire, and then doing the rows. And your brother, you know, he's an asshole. He's pretty good at that stuff, so he was kind of cranking through it. Um, my yeah. wife is a division former Division One swimmer, so she was cranking through it pretty good. And then some of the other guys yeah. are kind of skinny and small, so they didn't really have that tough of a time, but. When you started come on glued, I started yelling at you. And I'm like, you know, when you were deadlifting, I remember I was like, that deadlift doesn't that that uh, deadlift doesn't care what car you drive, it doesn't care what how much yeah. money you have, you know that, and that's the truth of it. You know, that's what I love about fitness, yeah. and that's what I love about you know trying to obtain the body that you feel comfortable in. Is is uh, there is there is nothing you, you can't you can't buy. It. No, you, you gotta earn it. it. You gotta earn it. Yeah, you gotta and, be uh, out there fighting for it. Yeah, dude, I uh. I, uh, I, you know, the truth is, dude, I was 287 pounds. You know what I'm saying? That's true. I mean, dude, yeah. Everybody else was, everybody else was under 250. I mean, that's <laughs> right. a big difference. Uh, and I'm not making excuses, but I, it's going to be different this time. That's a lot. That's a lot of weight to be tugging around. <laughs> yeah. So like I was definitely struggling and I was proud that I got through it, but, it, but I, but I didn't get through it on my own. You know what I mean? And that, that kind of fucks in my head a little bit. What car but, are you cruising uh, in today? Oh, uh, it's raining here, man. So I'm I'm driving dually. I got my uh I've got a big Chevy uh you see it. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Yeah. I've I got seen a big it. uh lifted Chevy dually. So um so that's the ride for today. That's my rain car. Yeah, you, you kind of get into mo- different modes on huh? different cars because you've been uh using that one quite a bit. Has it been kind of shitty weather lately? Yeah, but like dude, I'm actually a truck guy, like at heart. So like I, I love having that truck. So, I mean, I drive it, you know, I probably drive that truck 50% of the time. And then the other times I drive, I go through little phases with the cars. So you sent me a picture of, uh, or a link to those new Broncos. Those things look pretty sick. Yeah, dude. That's, uh, those, dude, if I lived out where you live, man, that's all I would drive. Yeah. You you have to have, uh, the top on (laughs) where you're at. Yeah. All right, man. Have a great day. Catch you later, dude. All right, brother. See All right, see ya.
Hello? He seems a little competitive, huh? Yeah, he's fired up. That's awesome. You got to be fired up. Oh, I thought that was great. You know, he he um, he's a great speaker. He's somebody that, um, you know, can kind of just take, you know, take whatever you say and, and turn it into something big. But I really liked what he said about, you know, how he, he thinks that, uh, you know, people are held back, not just by what people say and think, but it's more, it's, it's also about what your perception of what people are going to say. It's, it's like, you're worried about like, what if? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, worrying about the unknown. I mean, you said it, I think when we were checking out the, uh, the old warehouse, uh, anyway, uh, we were, we were walking through a building. I think it was the old warehouse and we walked into a room that was pitch black and we're like, what the hell is in there? Like what? I, I don't know. You, Andrew, you go find out. Like you go find out. I don't want to. Yeah. It's fucking black. Like, I don't know. We turn on the light and there's literally nothing in that room. But five seconds prior, like I remember feeling like, oh shit, I don't want to walk in there. Not because I'm afraid of ghosts or something, but what if I walk and like I fall into a hole or something? But that's kind of what you guys were just talking about. You know, you're worried about the what if, like, you know, what are they going to say? What are they going to think? That sort of thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, from a business perspective, if you, if there's not, um, you know, if there's not a lot of financial, um, there's not a lot, a lot, not a lot of finances on the line mm. to lose, uh, then what do you have to lose? You know, because doing the same thing over and over again kind of sucks and, and being stuck in the same spot kind of sucks. So whatever that risk is, whatever that leap is, and, and don't be, you know, don't be, crazy about it don't be asinine about it make sure it's uh, uh at least somewhat calcula- calculated of a move i i, I kind of think about um you know when i was a kid and i played mario brothers mm-hmm. you know you would try to time that flag jump oh, and yeah. you'd get a certain amount of points by like jumping to the top of the flag but it was also risky because the closer you got to it and the later you jumped, sometimes you fell all the way to the bottom. Yeah. Your reaction time was just a bit off. Yeah. You couldn't get, you couldn't get the point. So there's, there's a risk to everything that you do. And then also jumping from too far away is not a good idea either. So make sure, you know, before you're going to make that leap, make sure you're like Mario and make sure you're in a good position. Uh, and you can get, <laughs> you can get to the top of that flagpole. What do you think about what he was talking about? Millennials, um, you know, he's saying that it's yeah. not that they're lazy. It's just that they're so impatient, but because of the world that's been built around them. I thought that was kind of cool. I never really yeah. even thought of it that way. Yeah. I was kind of trying to lead him into that question because, um, I, I've always felt that I, I don't share the exact same opinion as he does on, on that whole thing, but, um, I agree with most of what he said. And I also think that, um, a lot, it's, it's a lot of the company's fault because the, a lot of these companies are, are new. And they don't give anybody any slack and they don't give anybody any breathing room. And so if I'm new at like trying to lead people, then how the fuck am I going to be, you know, on you 24 seven about something that I just figured out 10 seconds ago. Mm -hmm. And then also how can I, I can't come down on somebody, uh, unless I really went over, like if I went over something several times with somebody and said, Hey, like this, you know, this is the way we do things. This is the way, you know you know time one time two time three i mean it, it might get messed up there might be right here and there um hopefully over time like you just have to understand that it's going to take time and i think a lot of people that own businesses don't understand that they don't give they don't give anybody any time uh they might just immediately fucking can somebody because they're late like oh you're late mm-hmm. and it's like mm, I, I don't know like what 
you know, maybe that person has other values that you, that you like and that you want to keep. And maybe they have other things that they can do. Um, there's people, everyone, everyone's got strengths and everyone's got weaknesses. So, uh, you're going to have to figure out ways of doing the best with them. The, the other thing I look at too, is, um, when you look at like teams, you look at like a football team or you look at, um, a football team's a great example. I mean, they're out there in, in the heat fucking killing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're out there again in the cold killing themselves, you know, during, during the football season. But meanwhile, the, the teacher will be like, I, I can't, I can't get through to any of these guys. These football players, their grades suck. Like none of them are going to be eligible. And I, it's, it's definitely the responsibility of the student athlete to, I can get better grades and to pay attention. But at the same time, is that teacher standing on top of their desk yelling at these kids? Is that teacher investing a lot of time in the relationship and the way that they treat each other? Is that teacher joking with the, with the, with the student? Is that teacher, um, just the way a football player would football mm-hmm. or football coach? I'm sorry. A football coach is going to be like, uh, over the top, fucking crazy, animated, yelling, screaming, and you're going to be like, all right, well, coach, you know, he flies off the handle, but at least he fucking cares. Yeah. Then there's your history teacher, your science teacher, whatever teacher it is, where they're just up there, you know, pointing at the fucking chalkboard or whatever, and you're just like, I just don't even want to pay attention to any of this because they're not into it, so why the fuck would I be into it? Right, or like a coach that will yell and scream at, you know, one player and then they, they respond right away and they do it to another player and they're just like, dude, fuck you. Like, you know, yeah, you got to figure out which ways they, right. they learn better. Whereas the, you know, the history teacher just has her, his or her curriculum. And there's like, here, learn this, study that. Yeah. Take the test on it's Friday. It's an unfortunate thing. A lot of teachers, um, don't have the ability and sometimes just don't have the time mm-hmm. to really mentor you. I mean, they are going through a lot of people, but you know, a football coach doesn't always have that much time with you either. Right. So they have a way just, I mean, just really think about that. They got a way of getting through somehow. And, and maybe it's, uh, because the football, maybe it's because football was a choice, you know, and maybe school, you're fucking just stuck. Um, but think about back to when you were a student, you know, and I think back to when I was a student, I had some teachers that were great. Yeah. They figured out a way, they figured out a way for me to remember shit. Yeah. You know, they figured out a way to, uh, to connect. And I think, um, that's really what's missing from a lot of things. You know, he was talking about the things that hold people back. And I think some of the, part of the reason why these things hold people back is because people don't have leaders. They don't have mentors, uh, that are pointing them in the right direction. They don't know where to go. Yeah. And so they pop around on YouTube and they pop around on Instagram and they pop around on some different things. And maybe they're following people that just don't have that much to say. Yeah. Um, I thought it was also There's a lot of junk out. There's a lot of just bullshit out there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, one of the shortcuts that I took was just like getting a, a decent mentor when it came to photography. Like I, I easily cut off, you know, a handful of years off of my training just by following somebody who knew what the hell they were talking about. Yeah. Um, but also I thought, uh, when Andy was talking about like, there's bodybuilders that can be so disciplined about everything they do in the gym, everything they eat but their bank account is like, you know, they're in the negative or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool too, because, you know, you do have to have that balance. That's part of how our conversation started today. And that's part yeah. of why I wanted to have him on the podcast. I didn't, um, put him under fire that bad for it, but he, he, 
he talked, he talked his way around it pretty good <laughs> by basically just saying like, he doesn't have the capacity to be fucking full blast at everything all the time. Right. Um, because it's like, you know, if you, if you're a stud in these areas, why'd you ever allow yourself to get to 350 pounds? Right. Yeah. His arms are um, pretty big right there though. Yeah. No, he's, he's fucking jacked. Yeah. He's jacked. Um, but he, but he answered the question. He, he said that he has a tendency, you know, to get derailed by certain foods. He has a tendency to get derailed mm -hmm. by, uh, drinking, you know, and, and things like that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's no one's, no one's, uh, no one's perfect. And, uh, you know, the more, the more like intact somebody looks and appears probably the more fucked up they, <laughs> yeah. they really are. The cool thing is that he's a genuine guy, you know, he's. The, the way that you see him on his podcast, when I went out and, and met him and talked to him and stuff is the way he just, he just kind of always is that way. That's cool. He's always fired up. He's always animated. Yeah. When are you heading out there? Uh, I think it's like mid June. Okay. Yeah. I think it's the middle, middle of June, uh, going out there to the first form summer smash thing. It's kind of like, I think it started as kind of an employees type thing. Mm -hmm. And then they just turned it into this like giant party and they'll be like, I don't know, thousand people there or something yeah. crazy. So, so you'll have plenty of time to run hills and all that good stuff. Yeah, it'll be it'll be terrible. I went for a run today. I was going to ask how'd it go. It went pretty good. I I didn't have uh, I didn't plan it out to have enough time to get over to like where the hill part was. <laughs> so I because uh, I just didn't know I didn't know what any of it was going to look like. But now I know what it looks like, and um, it's actually pretty cool because you got to run fairly far just to get to the mountainy part of it to get to you know? the hard part. Yeah, to get to the hard part. So that would actually be, um, that would actually be a really good run for me. I, I can't, you know, I don't run very well. You know, I kind of suck at it. And so uh, today I probably ran for about 20, 25 minutes just straight. Um, not fast. A mm -hmm. couple times I picked up the pace a little bit here and there, especially when I saw a snake. Oh, God. I can saw a snake just laying across the whole path, just <laughs> baking in the sun. <laughs> And, uh, it was huge. I was like, what the fuck? And I don't, I don't know anything about snakes. So I'm like, I don't know what that is, but yeah. that just looked like bad news. I'm going the other way. <laughs> <laughs> did you treat the, uh, the run like you would a, a normal workout? Like, did you eat before? Did you kind of prep for it? Or you just said, all right, I'm taking off. Yeah. I thought about it yesterday, actually. There you go. That's, that's the way I, I like to do stuff. So I, uh, you know, thought about my food consumption towards the end of the day yesterday to make sure I had enough. Cause I don't, I don't want anything like negative to deter me from these runs. So I want to mm -hmm. just, um, I'm not going to run too far. I'm not going to run too hard. I'm not going to eat right before. Um, I'm not going to allow myself to be dehydrated. Like I'm, I just won't run if this chips are stacked against me because I don't want to run and be like, see, I told you, you know, like you're to myself. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say that to myself. Like, you know, um. Had kind of I told you so to myself about the way I feel about running and so like about pushing it too far yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah exactly because I don't I don't want to you know have my ankle twisted or mm -hmm. shin splints or some sort of injury like when I ran today my shins kind of got pumped up a little bit so I stopped and I walked mm -hmm. I'm like I'll just keep a good walking pace yeah it went away I ran again you know I'm just trying to keep it really really simple because my running background is is none. I thought it was pretty funny when I told Cameron Haynes, I was like, I have never ever in my life gone for a run. He's like, what? Yeah. It's like I've never once ever just like went out and ran for yeah. a mile or two, except for 
maybe when I was like a teenager, when I was boxing, my coach wanted me to run a little bit. So I, I did a little bit then, but that was about it. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's like, I can't live without running. And then you're yeah. Like, yeah, I actually never ran. I can understand it for, to a certain extent. I don't know. Who knows? You know, maybe I'll just run for like two weeks and then not do it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can understand it. Cause like when I was on my way to go do it, I was like, yeah, it's, you know, I was kind of looking forward to it. It's be pretty cool. That's cool. I think it's great to set the bar where you have set it right now. Like you're not trying to push too far. You don't want to make that excuse. And I mean, I'm pretty good at making up excuses, but yesterday when we were doing the uh, assault bike or whatever it's called, uh, we went through one round and your brother was like, oh, that's, I can't do it no more. Like I got serious heart problems or like, you know, he, yeah. he, he, you know, was on the floor and it was really hard, but, um, I just remember like that got into my head Yeah, and like, oh fuck, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Cause then all of a sudden my quads were on fire and like, mm-hmm. they couldn't recover. But I was like, nah, I, I'll be fine. Like, I'll figure it out. Well, the key is just to make it through. Yeah. And and what did it, you know, what did yesterday look like? And what did the week before look like? Maybe the week before you didn't, you didn't go on the assault bike. And so if you didn't go on the bike previous weeks, then all you have to do is beat your best. And if you don't have a best, then anything will be better than right <laughs> nothing right, right? Yeah, so it's 100% better than nothing so like you know we'll say hey we're going to sprint well maybe your sprint's 70% who cares like it doesn't you you don't have to uh you know take yourself to the absolute limit every single time you do something over a period of time it'd be great to train yourself to that mm-hmm. you know when we get those heavy bags and stuff and we say all right let's kick it in for 15 seconds just go <laughs> all out all out's going to mean something different to each person. Yeah. You know, you, you don't, if you have never gone all out before, then you shouldn't want to go all out. You should only go, uh, whatever percentage you can offer. Um, it's just like pacing yourself, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if, if we were to do uh 135 pound deadlift in between, uh, doing four other exercises, um, and you said, just go like hell for 30 seconds. Well, I would, it would depend on how many rounds we're going to go through on that. We went through one round, then I might do 40 reps in 30 seconds. If we went through five rounds, I might do 15 reps per every 30, you know? So it's like, it really makes a difference. Like what's next? Um, because you know, remember we end up with that question and then what, you know, we end up with that question and then what, like, where are you going to take this to from here? Yeah. Um, today's a bench press day. If I go in there and, uh, you know, try to bench 500 pounds, well, where, where can I do next week? I, you can't, uh, you can't do stuff that's not there yet. You can't, um, it doesn't make any sense to max out every time you, you do what you can do. You do the best with, with it each time and you try to do better, plain and simple. You just try to do better and that's you know, can be a big motivating factor for a lot of people is just trying to do better all the time. Are you uh, consulting with anybody or taking any um, advice from any any coaches or anybody you know in regards to running? Uh, just because we, we do have a question about sprinting, but we're not necessarily experts mm-hmm. on telling this guy when he should be sprinting. So I was just yeah. curious if there's yeah, anybody. You know, I, I know, you know, quite a bit about, uh, about running just because it parallels lifting gotcha. quite a bit. The, the, the rest protocols and a lot of the things, a lot of stuff comes from running really, not just Olympic lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, no, I, I am not really, I, I'm just, I'm nowhere with it. So yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll just, 
you know, I'm just starting, you yeah, know? Yeah. Cool. What's your, uh, what's, what's your, this, what's this guy want to do? Uh, so he just, he said he's going to start sprinting a hundred meters and he wants to know how often he should be doing it. So it's very basic and yeah. open question. Right. But I just, I was just wondering if you were following anybody right mm -hmm. now in regards to, uh, like trying to plan out your, your runs right now. Yeah. I would say, I mean, you have to just kind of understand that, that sprinting is, is really, uh, it's a high level skill mm -hmm. that requires a lot of your central nervous system. Um, an all out sprint, um, you know, there's, there's six and seven times and sometimes even more, uh, times your body weight multiplied on, on itself, uh, for every fucking step that you take. And so, um, you have to, you have to just understand that you have to understand that if you go out and sprint a hundred percent today, it's going to take you a while to recover from it. Your power output's not going to be as good. And it's hard to, it's hard to train and to make progress if you, um, if your power output is worse each training session or even just impeded at all. So I would say like, if you, you know, if you're trying to run, if you're trying to get some good times, you can only do that like once a week. Um, but, uh, typically from what I've seen is most runners don't even bother to ever really run a hundred percent. They do a lot of stuff at around 80%. They do a lot of stuff around 70, 70%. And they work a lot on their form and technique. And when you consider that, then you can start to run more often. And you can start to run, you know, two, three times a week, specifically uh, with uh, like a hundred meter protocol. hundred meters tough, I, you know, it, it does, it, it's a lot further than, than you fucking think, <laughs> you know, it's, it's literally like a 10 or however long it takes you uh, to finish it, 10 to 12 second, 15 second, however long it takes this person to finish their sprint. Um, so they'll have to be uh, cautious of that. And then how many times they they run per every time they go mm -hmm. is pretty brutal. But if it's just mainly for, um, aesthetics, just trying to like look better, um, you can go run five sprints, um, uh, twice a week mm -hmm. and rest as much as you want in between. And the sprint should be on a level of, you know, one to 10 should be like at like an eight and you'll have really good, uh, fat burning results from that. Cool. What's your workout looking like today? Uh, I don't really know. I'm not really sure. I'm going to go in there and do some benching and, uh, probably some slingshot. And I've been rocking a slingshot a lot. Um, I, I feel pretty good raw, but I want to keep it that way. So, mm -hmm. uh, I've been messing around with some slanging. So probably what's the first, what's the first thing you're doing today? Smoke, smoke. Uh, two sets of five. Two sets of five. Maybe I'll do two sets of five. There you go. It'd be good if I can do, uh, a couple sets of five with anything over like, 400 pounds. I don't know. I haven't really benched that much in the last few weeks either. So I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. If there's anybody listening who's interested in a slingshot, we're actually running a promo code. Uh, we'll get you 15% off all slingshots. What? Yeah. Uh, at checkout, enter promo code don't, power project. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it'll get you 15% off of any slingshot that we sell at Mark Bell's slingshot. You're saying 50% off? 15. Oh. One five. Yeah. Don't do that either. <laughs> okay he's lied it's three percent off That's there you go getting. three times five <laughs> <laughs> wait what give or take yeah 15 percent off who made this rule is this some smoky yeah the guy next to me damn all right guys that's all the time we got for today i hope you enjoyed the show with andy frisella 
make sure you give us some comments. Make sure you uh, like us and follow us and subscribe to us. We're on iTunes. It's Mark Bell's Power Project. We are on YouTube, powerproject.live. We are all over the damn place. We are everywhere. I'm Mark Bell. This is Super Training Jim. That's Andrew Zargoza. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Let's see. What else can I plug here at the end? Um, go buy my book, The War on Carbs. Uh, go check out the website, markbellslingshot.com. Uh, I'd rather be dead than average. I don't know. Bye.